Tired of ads crashing your comedy podcast party? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts, included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or visit amazon.com slash comedy ad free. That's amazon.com slash comedy ad free. And catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And here's your prescription. I know just the pharmacy to get this filled. Who are you? A pharmacy benefit manager. A middleman your insurer uses to decide which medicines you can get, what you pay, and sometimes even which pharmacy you should go to. Why can't I go to a pharmacy in my neighborhood? Because I make more money when you go to a pharmacy I own. <laughs> no one should stand between you and your medicine. Visit phrma.org slash middleman to learn more. Paid for by Pharma. Warning, this podcast contains paranormal conspiracy and true crime cases. The nature of these cases may be gory, unsettling, or vulgar. Please be advised. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Creeps and Crimes Podcast. I'm Taylor. And I'm Morgan. And this is Creepy Account Volume 6. Dun, dun, dun. Did you miss it? They're like, yeah, we did. Of course we did. <laughs> we have great stories for you guys today. Yes, and we, we do. are so excited. Um, Go ahead. Okay. Give them the rundown. So if you guys don't know what a creepy account is, we have a bunch of new listeners on here. If you don't know what a creepy account is, basically it's like a listener's story or a listener's tale, as you would see it called on some other podcast. It's when you send your stories to us and we cover them on our podcast and read them for everyone to hear. You can be anonymous when you send these in and you can submit your stories via our website in the creepy account portal, or you can DM us on Instagram, or you can send it to our podcast email which is creeps and crimes podcast at gmail.com which is kind of so if you have a story send Send it it in we We love love doing these they're so fun all right morgan is that it that's it hit them with it if you're driving throw that shit on cruise control if you got a glass pour that shit up and let's get creepy Okay, Morgan, you're going to start us off with the first creepy account. Okay, our first submission is from Kristen. Thank you, Kristen, for sending this in. She says, I just found your podcast and love it already. Just getting to the episode covering sleep paralysis and have had many wild encounters throughout the years, most of which just involve feeling pressure over my body. But the worst and by far scariest was when living in Japan husband is in military and very far along 35 weeks with my youngest daughter I have to share I had not been sleeping good through the beginning part of the night so I got up to get some water when I laid back down I tried to go to sleep and was still struggling being so pregnant I had to lay on my side but because I was not able to fall asleep I was flipping between left and right sides one of the times I tried to flip over I must have been half asleep or had just started a sleep cycle and was suddenly not able to move while being mid-turn. My eyes were open at this point and there was a terrifying, dark figure or shadow above me with long hair. I felt immense pressure on my stomach and pelvis. It was in so much pain I was crying but I couldn't wipe the tears. Not only that, but I felt like there was something around my neck. 
This went on for what felt like a good three to four minutes before my husband jolted awake due to my erratic breathing. He flipped the light on and my eyes were racing between him and the figure above me. He tried to move me so I could catch my breath but said it was like I was frozen solid and he couldn't even lift my fingers. He stripped the blanket off of me and it was gone. The figure disappeared and I was now heavily gasping for air. Oh God. I was still in so much pain in my stomach and pelvis and my whole body felt like I had just gone through the most intense workout of my life. I was terrified for a long time to sleep with blankets on or in the dark. I dove into research on the figure as the paralysis I experienced before was not even close to this. In talking to a few of my Japanese friends, I was informed that Kanashibari, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, a Japanese sleep demon, oh here it is, pronounced by my friends is Kanushibari, has many forms and one of them is where the demon comes for the babies of pregnant women in their sleep. Oh my god. And she had most certainly visited me terrifying i have chills fast forward about a year i have an almost one and almost three-year-old still living in japan that was when my youngest who i was pregnant with during the terrifying paralysis incident had her first ever sleep experience she was laying on her back staring at the ceiling so wide ruse it freaked me out on the camera and she was breathing very erratically i went into her room as soon as the light from our hallway hit her she kind of snapped out of it and started crying in a way that she had never had before She couldn't tell me what it was, but I knew exactly what she saw. She has continued to sleepwalk for nine additional years sporadically. She doesn't do anything dangerous, mostly just standing in doorways or windows, which is creepy in itself. But as she has gotten older, she tells me when she sleepwalks, she sometimes knows that she is doing it or will wake up somewhere and is conscious but can't move to go back to bed. Oh god! She is just frozen where she is until it passes. No doctor has been able to fully explain, even through sleep studies on her, what it is as she is not in a normal transition between sleep cycles when she had walking episodes. I'm convinced whatever it was that I experienced while pregnant affected her as well, even in utero. And we both brought this awful thing back from Japan with us. Oh my God. Oh my God. Is it Kristen? Kristen. That sleep, is crazy. Look, sleep paralysis is like my weakness because uh, I yeah, that is yours. I haven't had it in a long time. Knock on wood. If I have it tonight, mm. I'm knocking on everything. Um, right but now. girl, friend, friend. Oh, oh my god, I'm so sorry. Yeah, number one. seriously, that's a lot to have. To, I mean, even like even when I've had, I've only had sleep Especially paralysis once. Especially pregnant and feeling that oh pressure on your belly. That's terrifying. And not being able to breathe. When you and- wake up from a sleep paralysis or a sleep walking or even sleep talking for me or even just a crazy dream, I feel like I'm sick for an entire day. Like yep. you don't sleep at all. You feel like you're running all and night. And then you're afraid to sleep. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, that poor baby of yours. I, I will keep her in my good thoughts and prayers. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for sending that in, Christine. Yeah, thank you. That was a sad but scary yeah, and awesome story. Yeah, very scary. So this next case that we have is from Anonymous, and it says, Hey, ladies, I love your podcast. It's literally always on when I'm in the car going anywhere, and I look forward to going places just so I can listen in. Aww. That's so sweet. I've always been a fan of all things creepy and true crime, and you ladies tell it so well. Thank you. So I'm just going to jump right into my creepy account. When I was just a year old, my parents bought the house that I grew up in. While it's a home that is near and dear to my heart and holds so many memories for me, it's beyond fucking creepy after dark. A little history on the house. It's not a super old home, but it's definitely not brand new either. 
It's a cute, smaller brick ranch-style home, and my parents slowly began fully renovating it while I was growing up. Anyways, the creepy stuff all started from me when I was younger, about 9 or 10. I would always ride the bus home from school, and my younger brother and I would just watch TV and have snacks until our parents came home from work. We were total latchkey kids. Love that. Anyways, since we were home and we didn't have anyone else to fight over the TV with or parental supervision, we usually just chilled at the house and I watched whatever I wanted to on the TV while my brother played video games in his room. I usually used all my time to watch shows like A Haunting or other true crime or haunting type of shows. Me too. (laughs) Um, Now that I'm older and I know a little bit more about what not to do as far as welcoming negative energies and evil spirits into your home, I did not know that I was inviting negative spirits by thinking about all the creepy stuff as I was watching and letting it consume my mind. One day I remember most and what started all of these events is the day that I was watching my favorite show at the time, A Haunting. It was a particularly creepy and evil episode, and I remember being so afraid and wedging myself into the couch because I was terrified. I've been there. I can literally still envision this episode to this day. It's like a core memory at this point. Anyways, I'm watching the episode, and I can slowly feel the room get colder. I feel a presence in the room with me as well, and I almost felt as if I was being forced to continue to watch the show against my will, even though it was so creepy that I usually would have turned it off. The episode gets continually worse, and as I get to the part where the homeowners have to call clairvoyance and a priest to identify the spirits and cleanse the home, when they ask the spirits to leave, the lights in the room I was in and the TV flickered violently. Oh my God. For what felt like an eternity, but in reality only lasted a few seconds. At this point, I was fully on edge and sketched out. After the, after the episode ended, I sat on that spot in the couch for a full hour until my mom got home from work. My mom does not believe in the whole negative spirits and ghosts and the like. So when she got home, she was more pissed that I didn't do any (laughs) of my homework or chores and wasted two hours wedged into the couch. The creepy stuff didn't stop there, though. Every night for a week, I'd see shadows outside of my door throughout the night, and my room was always freezing at night, even in the summer. When I was home alone, lights in my room would flicker. I started sleeping with a nightlight and would completely cover myself to keep warm and hide from whatever else was in the room. Over time, this didn't happen as often unless I was having a particularly rough day or was feeling uneasy about something and the negative energy would creep back into my room. Oh, I hate that. I hate that. I would refuse to sleep without my dog in my room and I remember several nights that I would wake up to her growling and seeing the hair on the back of her neck stand straight up. my God. Eventually, as I got older and started college and wasn't home as often, I forgot about whatever spirits and negative energies were in my home and in that room. I also moved out with my now husband into our first apartment and we had our first child, a little girl. Shortly after she was born, my parents were house hunting as they had always dreamt of a house with more land and plenty of space to entertain in. As luck would have it, we ended up purchasing my childhood home from them since our lease was ending within a few weeks of my parents putting their house on the market. 
We moved in and my daughter's room became the room that I had grown up in. And I didn't think anything of the negative spirits that I had witnessed as a child, figuring that it just had been something haunting me and not that room specifically. Fast forward a few months and we are trying to get my daughter, now six months old, transitioned into her room as she has been sleeping in the bassinet in our room up to that point. My daughter would sleep fine in her room for a little while, but would always wake up crying and terrified. I figured it was just due to the fact that she had always been used to being in the same room as us, and it was just normal for a baby to wake up crying. I mean, yeah, I I would assume the same thing, honestly. My husband often worked the night shift, leaving my daughter and I at home alone. On the nights that he was working, I just let our daughter sleep with me, as I always felt sketched out by the old house after dark and felt safer when she was with me. When my daughter was about two years old, we transitioned her into her room and she started sleeping in there instead of in my room. She also had began talking more. And one night when my husband was at work, she woke up sobbing and came into my room telling me, mommy, mommy, I'm scared. Oh no. I asked her what was wrong and she just pointed at her room and said, it's me. Oh my God. Oh my God. Burn the house down. I immediately felt chills go over every inch of my body and laid in my bed, snuggling my terrified daughter and didn't want to sleep for the rest of the night. We had another child when my daughter was two and a half. Shortly after, we realized that we were outgrowing our home and moved across town. Since we've moved, I haven't experienced anything like that again, and I'm no longer afraid to let myself or my kids sleep in their own rooms. Life is pretty normal now that we've moved, and I've never researched the history of my old house because I'm too scared to confirm my suspicions. But... I am almost certain that my childhood home is haunted. Sorry if that was all over the place, but it was something that I've lived with for a while and wanted to get off of my chest. Oh, thank you, oh Anon, for sharing thank that. Thank you so much for sharing it with us. And I'm sorry that you've had to live with something like this. That's so oh, That's so God, intense. Yeah. And the fact that it like is still in that home. Yeah. I, I would love to hear about what your suspicions are about it. So if you're listening to this, email yes, us back, please. Yeah. Send us your address. Yeah, let us Send know. us the address. Let me Google it. Let me Google it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, no, you are absolutely certain that your childhood home is haunted. Yeah. That is a matter of fact. Yeah, it's you no are correct. questions. Yeah. You are correct. That was a great one. Thank you so uh, much for sending that in. Yes, thank you. Um, our next one is from Jessica. She says, Hi. My name is Jessica. I'm a 23-year-old female in Fayetteville, North Carolina. This event took place when I was around eight years old during the Dogwood Festival we have every year in the spring in downtown Fayetteville. Dogwood is a white flower that blooms in the spring on our dogwood trees, which is our state flower. They are beautiful and cover our town in white flowers, but smell horrible in the peak in their (laughs) blooming cycle. They do. But a beautiful sight nonetheless. Me and my family were at Dogwood Festival one weekend, as we do every year as a family. My mom's best friend, that we call her Debbie, um, worked at the attached bar to the Prince Charles Hotel, called Charlie's. And she was the one that told us about the haunting of this hotel. She told us the story of a woman named Charlotte, a beautiful bride that leaps to her death on the night of her wedding after finding her newly husband in bed with one of her bridesmaids. Oh my god. And now haunts the Prince Charles Hotel. A little more on that detail that comes to play in my story is that the bridal suites are located on the eighth floor. What was said that when she jumped, whether from window or balcony, her body landed on the fourth floor on the attached building to the hotel. 
and it is said that she haunts the fourth and eighth floor of that hotel. I'm going to have to cover that story. Yeah, you have to cover that. Anyways, after a long day spent at the festival and probably my parents being too drunk to drive home, they decided (laughs) to stay the night at the hotel. Me and my older sister love scary things, and we always watch paranormal shows, so we wanted so bad to stay on the fourth floor, which is where most of the activities happen. While my younger sister was terrified of almost everything at this age, she's a year younger than me, and she did not want to be on the fourth floor or at the hotel, period. Me and older sister convinced my mom to stay on the fourth floor, and that night changed the way that... I see the universe works and made me officially not a skeptic to paranormal. Oh my God. We get settled in the hotel and everyone goes to sleep except for me. I remember being so anxious laying in bed. I remember waking up to the sound of my parents snoring and while laying there trying to go back to sleep, I can hear faintly what sounds like high heel shoes walking down the hallway, but not just regular high heels. The sound they make when you're walking on marble floors or tiles. I know exactly what you're talking about. I remember the floors being carpet everywhere except the lobby. The footsteps never got louder or lower. They stayed a consistent walking, but they never seemed like they were coming closer or walking further away. I got up, opened the door, and nothing. And like I said, carpet in the hallway. So now my anxiety is through the roof. Yeah. So would mine. As I lay there trying to process what just happened, I just happened to be looking at the door, which I had a clear view of from my bed. And I saw what seemed like a black fog coming through the door. Oh my God. It didn't have a shape, although it was hard to see because it was dark in the room. But I saw something. I hid under the covers and I tried to go to sleep for the rest of the night. The next day, my mom's friend Debbie was staying on my sev- uh, staying on the seventh floor with her family, and me and my mom went up to meet them for another day at the festival. They were still getting up and getting ready when my mom decided to get breakfast while we waited for everyone to be ready. We get on the elevator from the seventh floor to go down to the lobby. We get on and we head down when the elevator stops and opens up on the fourth floor. Oh God! No one was there. <gasps> no one in the hallway, and the button wasn't pushed. Oh my God! It was Charlotte getting on the elevator and my mom in one swift motion as I'm in eternally freaking out says, hello, Charlotte. Goodbye, mom. As I was young and not as open minded to paranormal, I wanted to go back and communicate with Charlotte or any other souls trapped at that hotel. But unfortunately, it foreclosed in 2010 due to bankruptcy and hasn't reopened since. Thank you again for taking the time to read my messages and your interest in my story. P.S. The sister that was on the verge of tears staying at the hotel that night is currently a, you know this word, Wiccan, a Wiccan and has an interest in messing with Ouija boards, which I am not a fan not of. Not a vibe. <laughs> Funny how the universe works. LOL. Love you guys and hope you make this a segment. Oh my God. Thank well, you so much, Jessica. Jessica. We of love you Of course we too. made it a segment. <laughs> and that is so good. That oh, is a wow. crazy Could story. Could you just imagine your mom? Hello, Charlotte. I would have been like, mom. Um, goodbye. That is not the vibe. (laughs) Goodbye, mom. I'm getting off. Oh, that is absolutely terrifying. And you know what's worse? It's like, okay, well, if I don't ride with Charlotte down the fucking elevator, I'm going to have to go down the stairs. Yeah. Or yeah, I have to get off on the fourth floor and walk the hallway by myself. No, thanks. No, thanks. Oh, wow. Thank you, Jessica, for sending that in. Okay. So the next few stories we have are from Connor. So I'm going to read the first one. Morgan's going to read the second one. And then I'm going to read the last one. Okay. And then we're going to be done with this segment. All right, so let's dive into it. 
First, around the age of 11 or 12, I think I saw a ghost. I was on a trip with my school. We stayed at a big manor house in the woods at a camp sort of place. The type of place that does archery and canoeing. Been there. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Done that. (laughs) I was in a room with three other kids for the nights. It was freezing cold. I'd wake up three or four times shivering from the cold. We'd been asked how the temperature in our room was by our guide and every other group, including the group whose room was next door to us, and they complained that their room was too hot. I'm sure Red that flag. Yeah, not good. I'm sure that the cold is somehow related to ghosts or spirits. I'm not really interested in all that outside of your podcast. Well, thanks for including us. Like, yeah. I appreciate it. Love that. One of the nights, I woke up and looked towards the window. And on the window seal, I was sure I saw a child sitting, slumped uh-uh. back, facing away outside. Uh-uh. Oh, God. It was only the black silhouette from what I could see of it. I was only awake for a few seconds before falling back asleep. The next day, after assuming it was somebody's suitcase, I asked the other three sharing the room with me if any of them sat on the windowsill last night. All said no. Then I asked if anyone had their case on the ledge. No again. Maybe it was a child's imagination at the time, but I have never forgotten that part of the trip to this day. Oh my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Kid ghost. You definitely saw a ghost. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. He says... My second account is one which is simply fact and just disturbing. Another thing which has never left me and happened around the same time as aforementioned. For weeks at my Nana's apartment at the top of her building, the bathroom reeked of a sickly sweet stench. Mm. She assumed it was bad sewage piping and she started asking neighbors if they were having similar problems. Nobody else had the smell. So after weeks of having this awful smell in her bathroom, she finally came home to the street entrance to the building to see police swarming the front. It turns out that the tenant below her had sadly ended his own life in his bathtub. The smell we were smelling was rotting human flesh (gasps) and decay. Oh. It is a smell I have never forgotten. When there is a smell even remotely similar, I feel instantly sick and I remember why. I am only glad I wasn't old enough to really comprehend the situation, as it is much more disturbing than it is at face value, how a child would see it. Oh, my oh. God, Connor. And I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. Well, not, I don't oh, know like, what whoa, you're talking about, whoa. but um, I like there's certain smells that like mm-hmm. I remember from childhood that yeah. were like traumatizing. And then if I smell anything remotely similar, like. I do get sick, but I can never like pinpoint because it wasn't that traumatizing. Mm-hmm. I can never pinpoint what I'm smelling. No, one, do you know what I mean? One that gets me is the cleaning solution that they used to put on throw up at schools. Oh yes, I can smell it right now. Oh, it, if I smell that anywhere, I'm immediately nauseous. Yeah, because it just first off, I would always get so embarrassed for the person throwing up. I never threw up at school, and so when someone would throw up at school, I would be so embarrassed. And then we'd all have to sit in the class because they didn't take us out. Right, they just sprinkled that powder on. Yep. Oh, um, no, I know exactly. So quick story time before I move on to the third one. My the craziest thing that I remember about someone throwing up in school was in middle school. And he's now one of my really good friends. I'm not going to say his name on here. I don't want him to be embarrassed. But we were sitting in um, our homeroom. It was at the very start of the day. And my friend, he was sitting across the room from me. He like looked green. Like, you know, when someone's about to be sick, yeah. he looked green. And I'm sitting there looking at him and I'm like, are you good? And then as like I'm worrying about him, he projectile vomits in the classroom and it was like laser green. 
like oh, slime no. from like Nickelodeon. That's what it looked like. And everybody in the classroom was just like kind of shocked at like what was happening because yeah. it was so green. I was like trying to think of it as like St. Patty's Day or something, but of course that would come back into my conversation. But right. Oh, wait, I have one too. So, it okay, is really it. gross. I cannot believe we're talking about vomit on here. <laughs> um, so we, there's this restaurant in our town mall. It was called Garfield's mm-hmm. Restaurant. And we would go all the time on Sunday because kids ate for like three dollars. You uh-huh. know, you yes. know that shit. Yes. So my mom had four kids, so she's like twelve dollars. Yeah, load up, kids. Cece's Pizza so always. So we go there on a Sunday, and we're in a corner booth, one of the ones that you know circle around. And my younger brother, um, he was probably six or seven. Like mm-hmm. he was young. I was probably eight or nine. And um, we're sitting there. We just got our food. And my younger brother, when we were growing up, he was just a little shit, okay? It was just the little bit. <laughs> He's still a little the shit. The little shit. You guys know younger brothers are the little shits. This kid stands up in the corner of the booth and goes, he's standing on the booth. Mommy, I don't feel. No. We just got our food. All over. All, like, and he was, like, moving like a robot would, like, just, like, making sure <laughs> he a sprinkler. the entire table. Yes, like a sprinkler, just, like, back and forth. All It was all over everyone, all over the food. It was awful. I know Marley's going to be geeking out when she hears the story. No way that happened. I what did y'all do? Where? Did you have to leave? Well, the, we, like, my mom helped the workers clean it up and, like... Oh, that is oh, yeah, traumatizing. We, we did not eat. My yeah. mom was probably mortified. I would have been mortified. And you know, me and my other siblings were like, why did you stand up? And Marshall's like all sick and yeah. like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why did like, he why? stand up? I don't know. Like I that makes know. no sense. That's uh, crazy. crazy story. Anyways, back to Connor's story. That is all, not to, we don't mean to compare it to throw up sound smell but that's the only thing i can relate it to yeah but yeah and then we get sidetracked this is what we do this is what we do so sorry (laughs) about that okay now back to connor's third story now my third and last account i was listening to your episode where the doll was the main (gasps) subject oh no morgan Mm, what did you do to connor oh no i'm sorry oh my god i'm sorry connor i didn't look it up or say the name out loud or anything like that even though i just thought it was a creepy story Now, I listen to your podcast when I'm cooking and cleaning the dishes in the kitchen. So as I was cooking or whatever it was, I needed to go to the cupboard and get something from it whilst still listening. I opened it up and a couple of big black flies flew out from it. Oh my God. Um, This cupboard is not a food cupboard and had nothing in there that could have attracted them when I checked it. Then I turned and looked in the light. I'm sorry. I'm so torn up. Then I turned and looked to the light in the kitchen and saw four or five more big black flies clinging to it. I walked over to the window to open it and let them out where I saw another group of the same large flies. I immediately stopped listening to that episode and have not finished it since. That's all. Hope that was the least bit interesting. Okay, Connor. Connor. Thank you. Sorry we haunted your kitchen. And Connor, I'm going to let you know that you are not the only one that experienced yes. stuff during that episode. We had numerous listeners DM us saying like, what the F did you guys just do to me? This just happened. They got so sick. Oh, I'm so People sorry. People were scared to death. We had someone that saw shadows. And, and just so everyone knows, so we're all on the same page, Taylor <laughs> made me cover that story. I did. I forced Okay. Her. 
It's my favorite. Okay, that's all Taylor there. I love everything that's so scary that it makes you like question life. What did we what did we call the doll? What was our name for it? I don't even remember. We did have it's a we did have a name. Also, I love that every single creepy account. Well, thank you, Connor. Yeah, so thank much you so much, Connor, for all of your mess, uh, email. Nah, bah, bah. Hello? DMs. DMs and stories. They were great, and we really appreciate them. Yeah. Um, I love that every, almost all of you that have sent something in, like you're like back on like the beginning episodes. Like, I did You guys too. are new listeners sending in creepy accounts, and that's so funny to me because back at, at the very beginning we were hounding people for creepy please accounts. send us a creepy account we were account. begging people so now all these people are there and they're like yeah we'll send it in you, <laughs> you know? guys are so sweet i love new listeners so thank you guys thank you guys so much for joining us this week um this thursday there's going to be an episode that's released so be sure to tune into that and we will see you guys soon thanks guys thanks so much and don't forget if you want to send in a creepy account of your own you can send it in to creeps and crimes podcast at gmail.com our website or dm us wherever you want to thanks so much